Welcome to the Corbell Career Cast, the podcast from the Office of Career and Professional Development at the Joseph Corbell School of International Studies at the University of Denver. Today, we are joined by Corbell student Lindsay Bennis, who will interview Corbell alum Drew Lundberg, who works for the U.S. Department of Treasury. Take it away. All right. Lovely to meet you. Um, Drew, um, if you could start with kind of a short um, introduction, um, year you graduated from Corbell, what you studied, um, where you work, and your current position. Yeah, sure. Um, thanks again for having me. Um, so I graduated from Corbell June of 2015. Um, I got my Master's of Arts in International Security um, and work now. I work um, in the Department of Treasury's Office of Intelligence and of Analysis, um, OIA, um, and I'm an intelligence research specialist. Awesome. Um, and um, kind of, could you give us an overview of the company's mission and key areas of work in your specific department? Sure. So um, OIA's mission, um, and you can find this on Treasury website, is to advance national security and protect the financial integrity by informing treasury actions um, and decisions with, with timely, relevant, and, and um, you know, accurate intelligence and analysis. Um, since about like 1789, we're pretty old, like intelligence has really played a critical role um, in supporting the treasury mission. Um, and the way like we look at it is OA is sort of the belly button of treasury to the intelligence community, the IC. Um, and, and more broadly, OIA is located within um, the Office of Terrorism and Financial Intelligence, or TFI in short. Um, so we have, you know, OFAC, which is the Office of Foreign Assets Control, FinCEN, um, the Financial Intelligence um, and, and Crime Enforcement Network, and then um, TFFC, and then TF or other organizations under TFI. All those organizations are very, you know, policy targeting, compliance enforcement, or regulatory bodies. Um, so they're very different than what OA does. Um, but but it's a very novel mission. Um, you know, no other country in the world has a full intelligence agency that is housed within their finance ministry. Um, you know, other countries have uh, what we call FIUs, financial intelligence units, um, and, and ours is FinCEN but they're very different um, and, and they're more regulatory enforcement or, or a policy body that primarily work in unclassified spaces. Um, whereas most of our work sort of evolves around like the classified um, stuff. So um, if, if you guys want, or if anyone wants to know more about OIA's mission in, in TFI, I would definitely read um, Juan Zarata's book called uh, Treasury's War. Um, it, it's a great snapshot of kind of what we do. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much for that recommendation. Um, and yes, so then what's kind of your day-to-day -day, um, work like? What do you do specifically? Um, who do you interact with? Kind of day-to-day -day meetings um, and everything. Yeah, yeah. So um, I usually get into work around like uh, 10 a.m., so pretty late actually. Um, but I, I sort of have a good sense of, you know, what's on my plate that day, such as, you know, things I have to complete or meetings I have to attend to. Now, there are some times when I, I have to come in early for briefings or, you know, I get pulled into unexpected meetings that sort of throws off your your daily rhythm a bit. Um, but for the most part, you know, our, our, our job as intelligence analysts is to write 
finished intelligence products and brief our analysis to Treasury and other, you know, U.S. policymakers um, or, or Congress as well. We do that. Um, and then we also a lot of our mission is to support, you know, you know, folks inside the building, uh, particularly OFAC and FinCEN. And so we we try to provide, you know, information to them on a daily basis to, to help them implement, um, you know, or enforce financial sanctions or, you know, violations of uh, the Bank Secrecy Act, things like that. So um, I, I think that's one of the nicest things about working at, at Treasury OAA is that you get to, you know, have FaceTime um, with policymakers um, like almost a daily basis. And I, I don't think you can say that for a, for a lot of um, agencies. Wow. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, and how did you get into this field? So you did security at Corbell um, and like how do most people get into this field is do they take a similar route? Yeah, there to tell you the truth, there really isn't, you know, one road or path um, that you need to take to get here. Um, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people at Treasury have, you know, there, there are there are people that um, are sort of like native speakers of finance and econ and, you know, they're economists or, um, you know, they worked at the Fed or something and they come to Treasury and that's great. But that, that's not the route that you need to take. And that was sort of mine. Um, I actually started my federal career as an unpaid intern at um, ATF in, in Fargo, North Dakota. Um, during my undergrad. And, um, you know, I, I knew I wanted to work in the federal government um, doing intelligence work um, when, I, when I was, you know, in high school, but like coming from a small town in Minnesota, there wasn't much information on like how to craft that path beyond going to like an Ivy League school. Um, and so, you know, I developed a good relationship with, with one of my professors in my, in my undergrad um, and he suggested doing this internship at ATF to, to really get my foot in the door in the federal government. Um, and, and so I did that and that was great. And that, I, I think that was a big factor. That internship was a big factor in me getting into Corbell. And then, you know, fast forward a couple of years to my second year in Corbell, I actually applied for um, and received a, a, um, an internship at um, Defense Intelligence Agency, DIA, at one of their combatant commands in, in Miami. And so I did that internship for about six or seven months. Um, and then Corbell told me to come back to finish my degree. So I came back and they actually transferred me to Northcom to, to finish my um, to, to finish my internship there. And then I actually had that. They, and then they extended me a full time offer back in Miami. So I, I came back <laughs> um, and sort of that it was kind of like, a you know, a roller coaster of a path. But um, like I said, it, it, there's really, you know, there, there's not one road to get here. And um, I, I was blessed by the fact that, you know, I got my top secret SCI clearance um, when I was at DIA. And from there, you can kind of move around. That's awesome. And kind of, I guess on that, once you have top secret clearance, it's kind of easier to move around a bit. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. Yep. Yep. And to, and to tell you the truth too, like a lot of people, you know, Treasury as a whole is very, you know, it's a very big organization. Um, you know, like I said, OA is the belly button for the IC. And um, if you didn't want to work in intelligence work, it's very easy to shift to if you want to do policy or if you want to do enforcement or, you know, you want to work on domestic finance or tax issues, um, you can absolutely do that at, at Treasury. And, and a lot of those things, you don't need a clearance. 
Um, and so it's a clearance is not end all be all if you just want to work at treasury, but if you want to work obviously in the, in the intelligence community, um, you, you have to have that. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Um, all right. Next question. Kind of what are the skills that are most important for a position in your field that, um, you have seen? Yeah. So definitely, um, I would say critical thinking, uh, research, communication are probably the most important. Um, you know, having some sort of public speaking or briefing experience would also be important, I think. Um, yeah, I, I also just feel like you need to be sort of a, a well-rounded individual to like, you, you kind of need to be like a doctor with a range of tools in your bag and be able to pivot to different issues as well. So if you you know, if you have a, an interest or background in political um, or, or military analysis, that's great to, to highlight too. And you're, if you're considering even, you know, coming to Treasury as well, because a lot of situations, um, you know, affect future policy decisions and having sort of that background really, really helps, um, really helps our policymakers. Um, all right. And kind of how does your organization um, center diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging? Are there certain kind of programs uh, within the, uh, yeah, within the field? Yeah, yeah, there definitely is. Um, you know, OA has a lot of, well, Treasury as a whole has has a lot of meaningful social initiatives and, and projects. Um, you know, we, I, I think it start, starts from the top too. Um, I know, like, a couple of years ago, the secretary appointed uh, the department's first ever counselor on racial equity. Um, and so the counselor coordinates all offices and work streams to, to advance equity and, and, and advice to, to the department on all, you know, racial equity policy issues and programs. Um, and then we hold regular, you know, symposiums and trainings. Um, and, and we have a lot of guest speakers on, on inclusion and diversity here. Um, you know, for example, I know like the office of minority and women inclusion just hosted a panel on the economic costs of being a black American, which was really an excellent conversation. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I know, you know, we, there's also like treasuries employee resources group, um, which are, you know, I think it's Hispanic and then Asian Pacific, um, resource group. And then we, we implemented, you know, a reasonable accommodation tracking system, and we have partnerships with, you know, um, minority serving organizations such as the Hispanic Association of Colleges and um, historically black colleges and universities, things like that. So um, it, it's, you know, it, it's definitely happening here. And um, it, it's great to see it come to fruition. That's awesome. Um, and kind of along um, culture, how would you describe the work environment there? Is it more um, kind of collaborative um, there at OIA? Yeah, yeah, I, I would say it's, you know, definitely collaborative. Um, everybody, I, I can't say enough, like, good things about OA. Like, it, it's just such a positive work environment um, in, in a calm atmosphere. And I think that leads to greater uh, productivity and, and fosters collaboration. Um, you know, we work in a very important national security and financial um, sort of ecosystem um, here, and it's very fast paced. Um, 
but but I I feel like Treasury as a whole is a pretty stress free setting, um, that really like seeks to promote cognitive performance and a physical well being, um, and, and people are respective, compassionate, with good intentions, um, and, and I, I think you know a positive mindset and. Um, I, I also think it helps that we have a lot of positive reinforcements at Treasury, both in the form of, you know, monetary awards, um, such as we have like OA has a student loan repayment program, which is great. Um, and then we also have a lot of mon non-monetary, um, you know, reinforcements. I've had the opportunity to receive a couple of handwritten notes from senior leaders at, at OA and Treasury more broadly, you know, thanking me for my hard work and contributions to, you know, important assignments or tasks. And I think that that just speaks volume, volumes about our culture. That sounds awesome. And so, yeah, what is the average um, tenure in your position at OIA and how often do people um, kind of move up or take on new responsibilities? Yeah. So, you know, it, it's case by case and it really depends. Um, I've been in my position for around like five years now and there's no expectation or pressure from management that you need to move. Um, but, you know, you do have opportunities to move around a treasury or, you know, within treasury or, or sorry, at within OIA at treasury or the IC in general, if that's sort of the route that you want to take, um, you know, I know OIA just started an open season where analysts can move to, you know, a different regional or, or functional portfolio if they want to change too. And that, that, that seems like a great idea. Um, but I would add that, you know, if you go above and beyond your performance objectives, you know, you put, you put yourself in a good position to move up the sort of the career ladder. And as you move up, I feel like there's like a unwritten expectation that you need to, you know, develop your niche and, diversify your experiences by taking, you know, another detail to another agency or within treasury, particularly when you get to, you know, more of the senior levels. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I really, you know, you really decide what experiences and jobs that you don't or, or, or do want to pursue. Awesome. Um, and for someone that uh, is wanting to pursue a career in this um, organization and field, what skills and experiences would you encourage um, them to gain before um, kind of trying to get their foot in the door in treasury and OIA? Yeah, um, you know, for, for, for soft skills, like I said before, you know, problem solving, critical thinking, writing, briefing, um, any sort of research or investigative background that you have, um, that, that's great, you know. I'd also highlight any sort of like analytical tradecraft skills you have learned along the way um, in your school or, or just in, um, in the private sector, things like that. Um, you know, I've, I, I have a, a trade finance certificate from Florida International University. Um, so that's like sort of like a hard finance, finance skill that I, I sort of use on a daily basis here. Um, and, you know, it doesn't have to be that either, you know, it could be just, you know, something you're interested in or, you know, a paper, like a research paper you, you, you wrote at Corbell about, you know, money laundering or macro econ analysis, forensic accounting, sort of anything like that is, is, is something that is valuable skills and traits that you can bring to the job. 
Awesome. And how did your studies at Corbell kind of prepare you for this? Were there any specific courses or um, like research papers you did? Um, and is there anything you wish you would have um, known um, or would you have done anything differently? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the only regret I have is I, I wish I actually took one economic or finance class at Corbell. <laughs> um, you know, I, I always wanted to get a job in the IC as as an analyst, but when, when I was at Corbell, I had no idea I, I would have gotten on the sort of the finance side of it. Um, and to be honest, finance and econ never really interested me that much when I was going through undergrad and graduate school. Um, and I didn't think it was, you know, applicable to national security until I got my f- sort of first real job um, at, at DIA, which really showed me how finance was, was applied to national security. Um, but, but yeah, Corbell, to answer your first question, Corbell really, you know, provided me with, with sort of a fundamental, you know, critical thinking, briefing, research skills, um, really like good deep dives on that and, you know, advanced analytic techniques, um, really proved my analysis here that I still use today. Um, and, you know, I, there's just so many great classes at Corbell. I would say the one that I think really helped was, I don't know if it's still there, is the art of forecasting. Um, that, I think that was like a great course just because, um, you know, it, it's it's something that if, if you're interested in getting into the IC, it, it's, it's a great sort of, you know, feather in the cap uh, course to have because a lot of the work that we do here um, is sort of future outlook focus. So, you know, what, what will happen to country X, Y, Z in the next six months. And so that course really, you know, gave me sort of like the tools and fundamentals of how to approach a question like that. Um, and even some of those tradecraft, you know, little nuggets, I, I still use to this day. And, um, I, I yeah, I, I would say that's the one course that if you want to get into the IC, I would definitely recommend. Okay, awesome. Thank you. And we have time for one more question. Uh, kind of what are trends or changes are you seeing in your field, um, future challenges that are kind of starting to pop up? Yeah. Um, I mean, the, 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 the good thing is there's, there's always going to be jobs in national security and, and at treasury. Um, you know, and as the future challenges, you know, come about um, changes in in national security and in sort of the economic fields really ebb and flow with that. Um, and so, for example, like obviously the, the Russia-Ukraine war has has been a hot topic for Treasury and the IC more broadly, and we've sort of have to sh- had to shift our focus to support our policymakers on that. And so it's like really what's happening on a daily basis is sort of where I think our 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 focus is for the most part. Um, you know, and I, I would, if you want to read more about it, I would definitely recommend reading um, Dina Haynes' uh, March, um, her opening testimony um, at the Senate Select uh, Committee for Intelligence, um, where she sort of provided, you know, the DNI's threat assessment on, um, you know, threat actors. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Drew. Um, this was a great chat. <laughs> no, thanks for having me. This was amazing. And I would like to add my thanks to both of you, Lindsay, Andrew, so much for joining us today for this conversation. Drew, thank you for uh, the commercial about internships. We uh, 
love to hear how internships really influence your uh, or students' trajectory and um, great to hear that it really made the difference for you. Um, we hope all of you will join us next time on the Corbell Career Cast. <laughs>